coming up. And here's the thing that we got to get is that the, the, the thing that appeals to you that's unholy is no better than the things that appeal to me that's unholy. Because guess what? It's all unholy. Yeah. Hey, it's just yeah. unholy. And so we have a tendency to judge the unholiness. Right. That, right. that, that, that sounds funny. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Why do we make judgments on unholiness? Like, <laughs> oh, that's more unholy yeah. than this. No, it's all unholy. It's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah, it's all does, bad. It, does it matter? Right? It's like, it's all killing me spiritually. Okay, and it's all bad. And so we need to not judge each other based upon that. So the text says God has called, saved us and called us to a holy life. Amen. Hello and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Jesus never said following him would be easy. In fact, many of his teachings reveal the difficulties and struggles of this life and the effort it takes to truly live out our salvation. Join us for the series, Making Every Effort, where Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn challenge us to examine our walk with Jesus Christ and how well we are striving to be like him. Here's the eighth message in the series, Living Out Your Calling, part one. On your outline, uh, we should make every effort to confirm God's call on our lives. Make every effort to confirm God's call on our lives. Second Peter 1.10a says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election your calling and election. So the text is pretty clear about what we should make every effort to do. And it's speaking specifically about our calling and election. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit. Um, but just know that God has called you and chosen you. Mm-hmm. And you and, and, and I and we have to confirm The text is telling us we have to make every effort to confirm God's calling and election and choice choice of us. So be on your paper. How do we confirm God's call on our lives? Great question. Great question. And I want to give you a few ways that we can do that. Um, Number one. We must understand that God has purpose behind his call. Mm-hmm. We've got to understand that. We've got to understand that God has a purpose behind his call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that concept is not unfamiliar to us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, would, I would venture to believe that it's not unfamiliar to you either. I know it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I think about it, I think about all the times my mother used to call me. <laughs> mm-hmm. She used to say, Robbie, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie. And I can tell by her call. 
She still say it like that. And she still say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> She's calling her phone, Robbie! Robbie! Yeah. Yeah, you're right, dear. <laughs> but I learned how to tell the difference. Even though she used the same words, mm -hmm. I can tell the different purpose behind the call. And right now, I'm thinking about the times that she would call me um, um, when I would be at the park playing basketball. See, we, we live right across the street from the park. Mm -hmm. So my mother literally, if it's not too loud outside, could yell through the kitchen window. And I would hear her at the park. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, literally. I'm, I mean, literally, I, she could do that. And at times she would do it. At other times she would come to the porch or step down on the porch or whatever yeah. and yell and call me. And, and the, the thing about this, there's a few things about this that's, that's, that's telling. Mm -hmm. um, she knew where I was at. Yeah. Um, not so much because I had told her, because there's many times, you know, I told her I was one place and I wasn't there. Y'all, I know I ain't, the, I ain't the only one, but anyway. <laughs> y'all but she knew because she knew how much I love basketball mm -hmm. and that's where I would be spend a lot of my days mm -hmm. at the park playing basketball so she would call me and yell Robbie and I can tell when she was calling me because I was in trouble <laughs> I can tell she would say the same words Robbie and I in the different tonation would yeah. tell me yeah. whether this, this was a trouble call whether right. I was in trouble or she just wanted me to come home to eat you know sometimes she just call me and she that's her way of saying dinner's ready okay mm -hmm. come eat yeah. <laughs> you know and then other times it was like get your butt home why didn't you do xyz mm -hmm. you know and it, it, it the call meant something different but right. i can tell i can tell by her call what the purpose was behind it and i'm sure you guys have some similar stories mm -hmm. about perhaps your parents grandparents aunt uncle whoever coach called your name and you can you learned the purpose behind the call just by the tonation. Yeah. And so, so the idea of God's call having purpose is not from unfamiliar, unfamiliar to us. So we got to understand that there's purpose behind God's call. Amen. Look at what Romans 8.28 says. It says, and we know <clears throat> that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, this is an unfamiliar passage for, I mean, a, I'm sorry, a familiar passage mm -hmm. for believers. In fact, we lean heavily on this passage, particularly when things don't go quite like we thought they would. Particularly when the plane is about to land mm. <laughs> and then it goes back <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you run into those areas in your life, uh, believers know you better start thinking of Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28. When you thought you was going to land that job and then God said, ah, I'm going to take you back around. Right. <laughs> right. When, when, you, when you thought you was going to um, 
be able to purchase that house. And then yeah. God says, ah, not quite yet. Um, the list goes on and on. You know, when you, when you, you know, you got your thought things, you know, it's a whole bunch of them. But then God says, we start thinking Romans 8, 28, you know, and the world even have his way of trying to, trying yeah. to package a Romans 8, 28 in its own way. But they always, they get it wrong. They, they don't get, they don't have the truth. So they say, I believe everything happens for a reason. But they saying that not only does everything happen for a reason, they saying everything happens for reasons for my good. Right. That if I didn't get the job, then God has something better for me. A, a non-believer can't claim that. Mm-hmm. This passage is for believers. Right. It says for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Amen. So this passage is not for everybody. Amen. It gives us who it's for. And so um, God has a purpose to his call. Mm -hmm. See, some of us, we want God's goodness. We want him to work out his goodness for us. But we are not necessarily uh, um, attracted to or um, desiring his purpose, though. Right. We want to get God's goodness without getting his purpose. But this passage tells us, no, you can't get that. It doesn't work that way. You got, you, you, if you want God's goodness working in your life, then you also need to, to understand his purposes working in your life because he's called you according to his purpose and his goodness that he works out is intended for those who's been called and love him according to his purpose amen so stop trying to separate the two and sometimes his his purpose might put you in positions that you don't want to be in it might be uncomfortable it may be like i don't understand why you know i thought this was going to happen i went out and and i i bought the clothes or i bought the plane ticket or i bought the whatever yeah because i thought this was going to happen yeah because that was your own thinking yes and then you went off that thought and then it turns out it didn't happen that way because god had a purpose for you yes and and the purpose in that situation could have been to fix your attitude that's right that's right yeah that's right and so we gotta that's good dear and we gotta learn to do that as as my wife was just saying and we gotta learn to accept even things that are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as good Mm -hmm. because god works things out for the good of those who are called according to to his purpose. Amen. Look at what 2 Timothy 1.9 says. It says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to pause on that for a moment. Mm-hmm. All right. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. So, so be honest now. Be honest. There, there's some things that we like. Some things that we that we are attracted to, there are some things that appeal to us that is just straight out unholy. Yeah. Admit it, admit it. Don't 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 deny it. Admit it, admit it, admit it. Okay, there are some things that go on in your head, some things that go into your mouth, mm-hmm. some things that come out of your mouth <laughs> that is just not holy. There are some things that your hands touch. Places your feet go that are unholy places. That's right. They're unholy. And even those things that, you know, they may be for your, they may be things for your good, 
but for whatever reason, it might be unholy for you. Like, I don't know, maybe you go to the gym, for example, uh-huh. but your eyes are going to the gym watching something you shouldn't be seeing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And so, yeah, so the, the that unholiness can, can seep in, even as Carolyn was saying, into something that you were doing that's not bad to do, but right. it became bad because of what you did when you were there. And so we have to admit the fact that uh, there are some, there's an appeal to it. And here's the thing that we got to get is that the, the, the thing that appeals to you that's unholy is no better than the things that appeal to me that's unholy. Because mm-hmm. guess what? It's all unholy. unholy. Yeah. Hey, it's just yeah. unholy. And so we have a tendency to judge the unholiness. Right. That right. that that, that sounds funny. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Why do we make judgments on unholiness? Like, <laughs> oh, that's more unholy yeah. than this. No, it's all unholy. It's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah, it's all does bad. it does it matter? Right? It's like it's all killing me spiritually. Okay, it's all bad. And so we need to not judge each other based upon that. So the text says God has called, saved us and called us to a holy life. Amen. Okay, and it reads on. It reads on not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Mm -hmm. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Amen. Amen. So we have to understand that God uh, has a purpose behind his call. Mm hmm. And we have to accept that purpose. So the second thing that we can do to confirm God's call on our lives is we must grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. We must grow spiritually. Now, this point we covered last message, but we have to cover it again because uh, when the text told us that we got to make every effort to confirm, it says, mm-hmm. therefore, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. It was referencing, it came on the heels of talking about being, um, growing spiritually and us adding to our faith those seven qualities that we mentioned, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, endurance, devotion to God, kindness, and love. And so we're, we're, we're revisiting this point for that reason, because our confirmation of a God's call is tied to our spiritual growth. Amen. It's tied to that. It says here in first Peter uh, one, eight, for if you possess these qualities, those qualities I just mentioned mm-hmm. in increasing measure, they will keep you. It says mm-hmm. they will keep you. So possessing those seven qualities has a keeping mechanism. And we'll talk a little bit um, more in a few minutes about what it keeps you from or, yeah. or what it does for you. We'll, we'll talk more about that. But just understand, growing spiritually, there's some benefits to that. There's some things that happen when we're growing spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one of the things that we have to do in order to confirm the call that God's have has on our life is grow Man. is grow all right the third thing that we must do we, uh, we do to confirm god's call in our life is we must produce spiritual fruit we must produce 
spiritual fruit. Second mm-hmm. Peter 1 8 goes on to say, it says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we covered this point last message as well. But again, it's tied to the confirmation of our calling and election. Mm-hmm. And so we have to produce spiritual fruit. Yes. The knowledge that we have of Christ enables us to produce spiritual fruit, along with what we covered earlier in the past messages about how God has given us everything that we need for a holy life. Amen. We have all that we need. So we got to produce spiritual fruit. Amen. An example of this is in Matthew 25, 14 to 18. And this is a familiar passage. It's the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. Now, King James uses the word talents in the parable. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at NIV and it's instead of saying talents, it's saying a bag of gold. Now, understand this just for clarity's sake. When it says talents, Talents literally meant money, even in the King James. It's not just it's not talking about your gifts and abilities mm-hmm. so much as it is talking about literal money. Okay. That's why NIV translates it bag of gold. Mm-hmm. So it reads, again, this is Jesus talking. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And as you know, the story goes on and um, the one that the the two that had gained more bags of gold or more talents, whichever translation you're reading, um, God, the the owner, which was representing God or Jesus, rewarded them um, and praised them for being faithful and being good and and rewarded them with more responsibility and more things and reward. And so um, as the story goes on, but what we see here is that the, the, the idea of being fruitful and producing fruit is that they turn the five who had the five turned it into 10 and the one who had two turned it into four and the one who had one, it just stayed at one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we know the story says that this was an unfaithful a wicked servant as the story, the parable goes on. Mm -hmm. So the concept then is, is again, that we need to be fruitful to confirm. We must produce spiritual fruit to um, confirm God's calling on our life. And there's other passages that we can use to express that too. But I think you get the idea. Amen. And so the fourth thing that we need to do, Uh, to confirm our call is we must produce specific kind of fruit. We must produce specific kinds of fruit, Mm -hmm. specific kinds of fruit. Romans 12, six, a says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. 
So because we have different gifts through the grace given to us, then the fruit we produce will look a little different. Now, there are some fruit that's going to be the same. As we said, you produce spiritual fruit. There are some things that all believers should produce. Love, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> long-suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it tells us in Galatians 5, you know, about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. We all should produce that. We all should produce self-control. Uh, these are fruit that we all should produce. But in addition to the general fruit that we all will produce, that is the same, there ought to be some specific differences, though, mm-hmm. Amen. in some of the things that our lives produce. Okay? Because we have different gifts. Amen. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, and to another a message of knowledge. So we see there the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, Mm -hmm. and then it says by means of the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. So we see here that we have different gifts. Mm-hmm. And so these gifts will produce different fruit. Yeah. All right. And so we got to understand that Amen. and be okay with that. One of the, the, the issues, and I struggle with this in my life, is expecting others to produce the same fruit that I produce. Right. And I, I used to think that way. And I got corrected me and said, no, no, Robert, that this is you using the gift I gave you. Don't expect everyone to have the gift you have. And do what you do with the gift. In fact, the only reason you do what you're doing is because I put it in you to do it. <laughs> you know, and you're not so special. <laughs> so right. it's just, I put this in you to do this. So it's unfair for you to expect everyone to do what you do because your gift is different. Right. So you gotta be careful of criticizing you have to be careful of criticizing people because they're not producing the fruit that you are yes yes so we have to be careful about that you've been listening to one by one here's a personal message from pastor robert you may have never said yes to jesus christ do you know that god loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. 
To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. But, and the same is true for you. And as pastor, what I want to do is get all of our gifts and all of our abilities synergized so that we become this force where we got the right people sitting in the right seat on the bus and doing the right things. And then the force of us working together just be tremendous production for the kingdom of God. And it's my job to try to get us there. So don't get mad at me if I question you, because I'm trying to figure out, okay, where where does the where do you where do you need to sit on the bus? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to figure it out, you know, so that, that, that it can be for the common good of us all. Right. If we can get you utilizing your gifts and abilities right. in the right way, in the right area, in the right place. That's why God put us here. That's why God put us here. Right. Thank you for listening. 